It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here as Thursday spells football again as uh, high school will hit off, NFL takes takes place, and then even tonight we have some D1 college football. So big time things happening and, and it's really becoming uh, it's really becoming football season as uh, after this weekend, all three major divisions uh, will be in tow. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I just don't know if it's going to be approved very much. Is I'm going to watch a ton of football. Uh, I, I'm, you know, we've got Maryville Alcoa uh, Friday night. Even tonight, we've got William Blunt Heritage uh, Miami uh, plays tonight. Uh, as far as college and then you've got the uh the 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 defending champ chiefs and the and the houston texans playing tonight so i i don't know that there's going to be much time i'm not watching football from now until sunday but you know i'll make do Uh, i'm i'm pretty excited about it but uh you know i'll tell you this uh i'll tell you this i'm uh i'm probably as excited uh, about the end of a week as much as I've been probably the whole whole year of 2020, basically, because some weeks feel like they've never ended. But this weekend, starting tonight in Blunt County, is just is just electric. Uh, you know, high school football is kind of a, a lifeblood around here, and as it should be. Uh, but tonight is, is kind of setting off what is a great rivalry week. That's really hard for me to say. I don't know why. Rivalry week. Uh, it's just two words that doesn't in my in my uh, dialect. I guess that's what you call it. Just doesn't want to go together. Uh, but tonight, the forty second annual battle for the bell, uh, the Heritage Mountaineers sitting at one and two will take on the William Blunt Governors, who also sit at one and two. Kickoff time is seven thirty p.m. It'll be at Mike White Field uh, at William Blunt High School. Um, Tickets will be be sold at the gate. So again, if you want to get in to a a forty second annual rivalry game here in in Blunt County, uh, check out the battle for the bell. If you look at all time series, William Blunt leads the series twenty eight to thirteen, winning twenty one of the last twenty three meetings between the rivals. The bell became a permanent fixture on the William Blunt campus after Donnie Moore, Gary Stinnett, and the late John Davis moved the bell back across the county following William Blunt's 97 shutout win until Heritage possessed it uh, for two years in 16 and 17. But uh, as of late, uh, like like the, the note would say, William Blunt has kind of owned the, the series. But in the 90s, I mean, you look at this series, Heritage, William Blunt, William Blunt, William Blunt, Heritage, 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 William Blunt, William Blunt. So it was it was very much a uh, a class driven rivalry, uh, one that dates back to 1979. Where watch this, William Blunt 1979 Heritage 80 
81, William Blunt. 82, Heritage. 83, Heritage. 84, William Blunt. And then a three-year stint with Heritage to get them to the 90s. But I'll tell you this. Uh, I I work with a lot of people. Uh, work with a lot of people every day. And, you know, there's there's those that are that are Maryville Alcoa. And then there's those that are Heritage and William Blunt, and 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 I've got the the benefit, uh, you know. I of course there's no there's no qualms, you know. I, I call the games for Maryville, so if if you make me pick, uh, I've got to go with the Rebels. I mean, just just to be frank, but but on the flip, I appreciate all the the high schools in in Blunt County because the 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 community involvement, the the rivalries built within within a single community. That's different. That's different in its entirety. And I think it's a really cool thing that Blunt County has because not only do you have the battle for the bell, you've got William Blunt Heritage, you've got Maryville Alcoa, but also William Blunt Maryville play, uh, William Blunt uh, or Heritage and, and Maryville play. And so there's a little bit of intermingling between, uh, which again, those are division games now, but. Uh, there's just a lot of community involvement as, you know, hey, we got you this year, or hey, you know, better luck next year, or, or what have you. There's just a lot of camaraderie and, and, and kind of a little, little fun, you know, fun talking uh, that, that can kind of take place that, that I think doesn't happen a lot of places in the country. You know, I've, uh, I've been able to be a part of, of three different communities uh, in my life. Again, grew up, grew up in Cock County in Newport. And and just frankly, uh, they haven't had a strong football team uh, the the better part of my life. I mean, my high school time four games won, um, but but again, uh, a good community involvement. A lot of people out on Friday nights, and and that's great. Then I moved to Morristown, and it's a step. Uh, I mean, from a community involvement, from a dynamic, you've got Morristown East, Morristown West, and and that's a really cool. Uh, thing they play on the same field, but of course share different different home and away games. Play every year, city championship. There's some coolness there. Uh, again, no love lost between those two schools, but uh, you know, really, it's those two schools, and and you know, there's the outliers. You know, kind of contacting the county, like Jefferson County. Uh, you know, even Newport to some extent. So you're sitting here and you're like, well. Okay, you've got this rival, this one rivalry, really. That's that's a rivalry, uh, and, and you kind of move on. You know, like I said, Jefferson County steps in, plays West or plays East, plays Cock County. I mean, those those are a little round robin, uh, contacting county rivalries. But then I moved to Blunt County, and I'll just say all bets are off. <laughs> like it 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 went from you know it went from putting along at like forty five miles an hour to ripping this thing down the interstate about 85 miles an hour. Uh, there is there is gear, there's swag, there's there's flags, you know, like each team's flag hanging out of the back of vehicles. There's bumper stickers. There's, you know, world champion, da-da-da-da-da, Alcoa 18, Maryville 17 state championships. You drive into town and drive into Alcoa, and you see all the little markers that that kind of dictate all the championships. And I'll be honest: before I became involved in such, I was just amazed. And, and William Blunt Heritage also plays into that mix. But 
Uh, you just there's a dynamic in Blunt County that's that's just special, and so just kind of bringing that up. That starts tonight. Uh, William Blunt Heritage will play 7:30 start time. Originally, this game was scheduled for tomorrow night. I kind of did some digging a little bit. Thought this was the the TV game until I looked on the TV schedule and it was Oak Ridge and Farragut. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand. But I think the the kind of the common thing is. There's a lot of I, I mean I think I think you know there's there's good examples of this on on all fronts there's there's you know William Blunt people who whose kids just by virtue of where they live or what have you they go to Maryville or Alcoa well they like to go to this rivalry game uh Heritage William Blunt William Blunt Heritage probably would like to have uh those who want to come to come and so they move it to Thursday and kind of separate the Maryville Alcoa and William Blunt Heritage games. I think it's a really smart move, uh, whoever made that decision. Uh, whether it was the administration at Heritage, William Blunt, uh, I, I applaud whoever made that decision. I think it's a really good good call. But 1-2 and two Heritage takes on 1-2 and two, uh, William Blunt. William Blunt's lone victory against Oliver Springs. Heritage's lone victory against Lenore City. I think they're both very, very hungry football teams. I think they're both very... Uh, you, you know, looking for a change kind of football team. They want to get on the, the winning ways, get back to 500. Uh, Heritage just looking uh, to, to have a good showing. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, in the four years that I've picked this game, this is the toughest year I had. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm going, come on, what do you do? You know, uh, Heritage is going to come out and they're going to really want to play well, but they just don't have enough players uh, to have success, and I'm afraid that's the same way uh, that we're looking right now. Uh, you know, I think I think Heritage is is better. I think obviously getting in the win column in 2020 shows that they're a little bit better, uh, and that they were able to capitalize on a Lenore City team that that's frankly not very good. And so I, I want to pick the Mountaineers. I really want to pick the Mountaineers. But uh, between players like Clemmer and Gardner and, and the likes of Joe Matosin and, and the pieces that William Blunt have, one, I think, I think Joe Matosin could beat them with field goals because I, I, think, I think Heritage's offense still needs just a couple more pieces to be that level of dynamic. Uh, so I think Job's going to be able to have his way if they get across probably the 40-yard line going in. And then I think Clemmer, I think Gardner, I think those guys are on the same page talking with his dad at work. Uh, Gardner and Clemmer have have kind of synced up as seniors, and they're really ready to rock and and, and got some things that they can do against uh, against the Mountaineers. So if if I'm picking tonight, I'm going William Blunt over Heritage. Uh, again, it's a rivalry game. Uh, Heritage would like to get that bell back over to the Mountain View, uh, that is the great Heritage High School. But, but, William Blunt also wants to keep it painted blue and orange. So, uh, I think I think it's a William Blunt matchup. But, you know what? Uh, if you if you need to tune in, it looks like 1470 AM is going to have have the matchup for, for William Blunt. Not sure who, who will carry it uh, for Heritage. Of course, all diamond clear and those things will be probably accessible and available. But, 
If you want early score updates, uh, myself, Marty Millsaps, Heath Dunkel will be doing a preview on the patio live from Windy City Grill right at the end of William Blunt Drive. Uh, so we will have updates and be looking to push uh, that score of interest uh, as we're, we're on the air. It'll be from 7 to 8.30, so we won't get the entire game, uh, but we will get an opportunity uh, to talk a little bit about Battle of Pistol Creek, but we'll also talk a little bit about Battle uh, for the Bell. There'll be, uh, there'll be coaches call in. Uh, we'll have uh, former players kind of doing their thing, talking a little bit about the rivalry, and then also uh, we'll be breaking down this year's matchup as uh, both teams look a lot different than they did a year ago. Uh, Alcoa is a much more seasoned football team, and Maryville is a completely retooled, and I did say retooled, not rebuilt. Uh, they are a retooled, reloaded uh, Maryville football team. So I think both uh, have their opportunities to be successful Friday night, but who will come out on top in what is the 92nd meeting of the Battle of Pistol Creek? But let's take us a break. Uh, listen to our fine sponsors again, the rivalry games tonight, Oak Ridge Farragut and Heritage William Blunt. I'm going to go just a shocker, shocker. I'm going to go with Oak Ridge in the rivalry Thursday game on the road at Farragut. Uh, I'm just, I, I don't know why I like that linebacker that's, uh, that's a highly touted guy from Oak Ridge, and why not? I, I like what he does. But hey, we're going to take a break, listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to jump to NBA. We're going to talk about the Raptors' shocking double overtime win over the Celtics to force a game seven. What that means for the Celtics moving forward to face the Heat or whoever could face the Heat at this point. Uh, and then what that means uh, for the Raptors and Kyle Lowry to kind of step out of the shadows of Kawhi Leonard. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Are you excited about this week's matchup between Maryville and Alcoa? Would you like a little preview to what that could look like? Then check out the preview on the patio at Windy City Grill tonight, 7 to 8.30 p.m. live on WKVL and WGAP, 100.9 FM, and also 105.9 FM as we break it down. Look at the 2020 edition of the Battle of Pistol Creek and talk to coaches, former players, and discuss what this matchup could hold for both teams. Uh, again, tonight, 7 to 8.30 p.m., live from Windy City Grill 
as WGAP and WKVL lock up to talk the Battle of Pistol Creek and preview what is one of the best rivalries in East Tennessee. Again, tonight, 7 to 8.30 p.m., WKVL, WGAP on the call, and it's going to be a preview of one of the best games this week in high school football. You don't want to miss it. Again, Windy City Grill Live, 105.9 FM, 100.9 FM, and streaming at WKVL.com. You don't want to miss it. It's that good. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blunt County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make. And it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service from Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. The City of Alcoa Police Department is alerting the surrounding community to an investigation into a scam operation surfaced within the last week, both out of state and in the Knoxville area. The scam involves a male calling and identifying himself as former City of Alcoa Police Department Detective Sergeant Chris Sanders. The scammer states that he is Sergeant Sanders and tells the victims that the female with whom he had been chatting using a dating platform called Bumble is an underage female. To assure that the victim is not prosecuted, the male arranges directly or through another mail caller to have the victim transfer money through the Zelle app. If you receive such a phone call, do not give this scammer any financial information. You are asked to contact the City of Alcoa Police Department through the dispatch number 
at 865-983-3620. Again, that number, 865-983-3620. A public service from Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition. As we we talked a little bit before the break, we're going to go to NBA right now uh, to talk a little bit about overtime play. Uh, Raptors-Celtics wrapped up a game six that could have been a clinching victory uh, for the Celtics, but the Raptors had another uh, thought in mind. It goes to overtime, and at the end of one overtime, uh, we're still tied, so it goes to two. 125-122 ends up being the final. Raptors defeat the Celtics uh, to tie this series three games apiece to force a game seven uh, to see who will face uh, the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, y- you know, I think you look at it, I think body of work, you know, Kyle Lowry gets the the heralded. He's the one that really spread it to three points on a, on a late push shot. And, and that really made the difference. Uh, but I think this was a team effort. I mean, you look at the box score, uh, even on the Celtics side of things, I think Jason Tatum led all scorers, but, or led his side of the team in scoring. Uh, but, I mean, you look at, at minutes that were being played. Uh, Siakam played 54 minutes. Uh, Anunoby uh, played 50 minutes. Lowry played 53 minutes. Van Fleet, 51. Uh, I mean, they were just putting it out there. I mean, um, Jason Tatum, 51 minutes. Walker, 52 minutes. Smart, 50. Uh, Jay Brown, 51 minutes. I mean, I mean, people just throwing, putting it out there. Uh, but Jason Tatum, like I said, he he probably uh, was the leader of the Celtics. But I, I think in the overtime, uh, you look to Marcus Smart. He was he was a player. Uh, I, I don't know if I was biased or what have you. And I and I think Mr. Jason Ward would probably agree if he if he saw this. I think Marcus Smart was fouled on that last inbounds play. I think he was pushed to the ground. I, I think that should have been something. Uh, that should have been just at least a turnover, if nothing else. But uh, it wasn't. And uh, the Toronto Raptors get out of there with a 125-122 victory uh, over the Boston Celtics. The defending champs are con- continue to stay alive. I don't know what a game like this does to a, to a basketball team, and I think we're going to see that as this series uh, gets to a game seven, and then ultimately whoever wins 
uh, will get to uh, to Miami. Uh, I think it's the best thing in the world for Miami because to me, Miami is a one-trick pony. Miami has Jimmy Butler, and, and they have some role players, but but really uh, they go as Jimmy Butler goes. And, and I thought uh, if if the Celtics were able to wrap this thing up and, and go ahead and get to them, um, then, then there was still a lot of fuel left in the tank for the Celtics uh, to put something together and be able to use momentum uh, to kind of drive them to to uh, get to the finals. I'll be honest, getting to a game seven, one, I, I don't ever like. I don't think you can count out at this point Kyle Lowry and that group because they're just they're just fighters, man. Uh, I, I don't I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I thought when Kawhi left, this was going to be a a hodgepodge of let's get the best draft pick we can get kind of team. And uh, between the guys I've spoke of, Siakam, Ananabi, uh, Gasol, Lowry, Van Vliet, all those guys. I mean, they. I mean, Serge Ibaka is is really like a uh, an add on. I mean, he's a nice six man, uh, but you've got guys like Powell coming off the bench with twenty three points. Uh, but Lowry has kind of come into his own, being a leader and the and, and as they said last night, the heartbeat of this franchise. And and emotionally, I think that showed last night. He he kind of got into got into it late with his coach based on an inbounds player, a timeout. I thought it was pretty, pretty uh, minuscule at the time, but uh, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I kind of like that. I kind of like the way uh, the way Kyle Lowry kind of takes himself, because too many times in professional sports, I mean, in, in baseball, basketball, football, uh, you can look and and um, a loss doesn't mean anything. I can't tell you how many times I've been furious based around a loss not meaning anything. Let's just go out to half, you know, to, to midfield or half court, whatever. Let's exchange a jersey. Let's talk about it. Let's laugh. I've I just never been able to be that guy. Uh, I might like you tomorrow, but I probably don't like you right now if we lose. That's just a uh, sore loser maybe. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, but I, I normally things have, have probably gotten to that place because of missed opportunities, and that's what will drive me. Uh, up a wall but nonetheless uh, the Raptors have moved on Uh, they will allow a for a game seven Uh, of course all games are going to be played at Disney World so I mean home field home court what have you it's all Disney (laughs) so uh, whether you wear your home jerseys or not whether superimpose your logo on the on the court or not it's still a home game so um, or it's still it's still Disney I, I don't I don't understand the home field or home court Really, but uh, I will say this: the Raptors have clawed and earned an opportunity to to play for a chance to go to the finals or go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, and, and I think I think they've uh, they've more than put put their uh, their card in the envelope. The Celtics, on the other hand, I don't think there's anything they need to hold their head on. Uh, I, I thought they had some really good output by Tatum, uh, Walker, Smart, uh, uh, you know, Brown. Walker could have been more more active in the in the scoring category. Played fifty two minutes, had five points. Uh, I think I think you could have got him a little bit more active in the offense. Uh, but four of your five starters are in double figures, and you had um, you you had nearly forty points uh, off the bench. So I think in, in that in, or sorry in, in that regard. Well, no, I'm sorry. I was I was looking at the other side. Uh, you only had 16 points off the bench. 16 points off the bench. You you've got to get better than that. Grant Williams had the most points off the bench with six, 
uh, on seven minutes. Uh, but you did have four of your five starters in double figures, but like I said, Kimba Walker, uh, five points. I think you got to get him a little bit more involved. Uh, but uh, you, you still you scored 122 points. In a lot of ways, uh, that needs to be enough to win. But uh, as we talk NBA, we've uh, lit up the phone lines. Let's jump to it. Hey, you're on the grind. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, just driving to work here. Just tuned in here. Heard you talking about the Celtics and the Raptors game. Thought I'd call and chime in a little bit. I thought you'd have an opinion, buddy. <laughs> oh, man, what a game, though. You know, um, in my opinion, there was a – I mean, there was a big play after big play. But tell you what changed the momentum in the game was Fred Van Fleet gets fouled on a three-pointer, and they call it a flagrant. And the Celtics were up four at this time. And so he may, he goes and makes two free throws. And then they get the ball. And then they swing it around and they kick it back to Van Fleet. And he hits a three. So that's a five-point possession for the Raptors. They go from down four to up one. Uh, I think mid-fourth quarter, I guess. Maybe early fourth. And to me, that that's what where the momentum swung. The Celtics were up pretty much the whole first first three quarters, I guess. And, um, and then we just went down last night. You, you know, I and, and I watched that game, and it, it was such a game of, like, streaks, right? Because Van Vliet – uh, late in that game, you know, I think he 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 still had a presence, but they they more were going to Lowry and doing those things in the overtime. I thought the Celtics really pushed the ball uh, to Marcus Smart a lot. I thought he had some success, um, but did you think in the overtime you really saw? To me, that was the most aggressive brand of NBA basketball I might have ever seen. Those guys wanted right. to win, they wanted to score, and uh, and I was I was excited to watch it. I wanted the Celtics to win because uh, I thought. You know, I just I, I I don't know why, but I I'm I just want it for Grant Williams. I just think wherever he's at, he needs to be successful. Yeah, well, he he had two big threes yesterday. I mean, is he not like a worker though? When he gets in there, he only had seven minutes. But I he what I tell people is Grant doesn't hurt him. You know, he gets no. in there, he does his thing. He he works for rebounds. He knows how to position himself to kind of get it off the bounce. And uh, I, I like it when he's in there. I think I think for him to be in the the the, the semifinals of the Eastern Conference and still getting minutes because they only run four guys off the bench, and he had the the second most minutes. Uh, I think I, I think that's a big that's a big plus for him. Yeah, uh, being a rookie, being a, playing and playing at all in the playoffs, you know, you're you're doing something right. You know, you got Tyler Hero from uh, Miami, and he's he's shooting the ball lights out right now. I mean, I don't know anybody that's shooting shooting the ball better than he is. He's uh, he's I a, don't take nothing away from Toronto either. I mean, I'm you know I'm a Celtics fan, but I mean they're they're like Rick Flair said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now they're still the champs, no matter if they got Kawhi or not. You know. I was going to say the man's in 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 a Clippers uniform right now, well, but I'll tell you, Kyle Lowry stepped out of that shadow. I mean that that cat was. I mean he had ice in his veins, and I loved. I, I'm not a big jump back at the coach guy, and I know that's probably that's uh, counterproductive because I'm a LeBron fan. But <laughs> but I thought Kyle Lowry getting all over his coach for not letting him inbound the ball showed me that he wanted to win more than maybe uh, most people do. Well, I mean, he he should he should have jumped on the coach. I mean, you look at the situation. Boston had ran away from the ball, and he was just wanting to throw it in and get it over with. You know, Boston wasn't even trying to guard the ball because they 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 had already accepted defeat. 
Well, and the thing is, yeah, with a half a tick to go on the clock, all he had to do was get it inbounds. What what that coach forced was an opportunity for a five second violation for for a touch pass turnover or, or anything. Yeah, and if you watch that last, I mean, if you watch till the last play, I mean, Boston had a chance to steal that inbound pass, and he kind of got pushed there. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a foul. What what'd you think about the the end of the game? Like it cracked me up. And again, I'm I'm focused on Grant Williams. Like that's in the NBA. There's LeBron and all my Tennessee players. That's that's literally that's my hierarchy. Like it happens that way. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they get all pushy, you know, because Marcus Smart did get. I mean, he pretty much got planted uh, right there at the at the top of the key. But I thought when he got a little little heated, his his teammates came out to kind of separate the deal. Grant comes out there, and you can see the look on his face. Like I've got to be involved to be a good teammate, but I really don't know what to do in this situation. Yeah, well, what Grant, Grant's a big boy too, so I, I would hate to see him. I'd, I'd hate to see him mad. But Marcus Smart, he's always got a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's lo- he's looking for it. You know, you <laughs> you if you're looking for a fight, you can go to Marcus Smart because he'll be one of the first ones to give you some. <laughs> oh, I, I remember. Didn't he play? Did he play at Oklahoma State? Something like that. Yes, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Uh, I remember when he was there. Yeah, he he always kind of he's got an eye for it. Let's just say that. But uh, double overtime in the semifinals, do you think that – does that help or hurt either one of these teams' chances as they move ahead to play the Heat? You know, you look, you look, at, the, you look at two of the wins that Toronto's got. You know, one on the last second shot, the first win they got uh, at the buzzer, I think it was uh, – uh, who, uh, who shot it? Oganabi or whatever? Yeah, Anunabi, yeah. Yeah, Anunabi, yeah. Uh, hitting that last second shot and then them winning. So two of their wins could have – I mean – could have went either way, so I, I think it. I think everything helps Toronto. I don't. I don't think they have enough firepower to to win Game Seven. I think Jason Tatum's really going to light them up tomorrow night, and um, I, I'm taking the Celtics. I, you know, I, I just want to go with the experience, and I'm a as a coach, and there's not a ton of coaches, honestly, in the NBA that I just go. You know what? That's a good coach. I mean, Popovich, even though his attitude is what it is, I mean, you can't you can't deny the success he's had. Uh, but when you look at Brad Stevens, the success he has at, you know, what he had at Butler and then what he's built with the Celtics, he doesn't need uh, – I mean, I think his system, he in the NBA, you're, you're bound to have a star or two. But in his system, you don't need to – you don't need a superstar for this thing to work. It's a, it's a machine. You're going to play a lot of five, six, and seven-game series is – but um, but you're gonna work. You're gonna outwork some people, and I think uh, you know, given a, a couple more possessions, he might have outworked the Raptors last night. Yeah, I like the way the Celtics moved the ball in those, in those overtimes too. Uh, did you see the dunks that uh, Tice was getting during the game, the alley oops and the in the overtimes and stuff? Yes, yeah, he not like he's an enforcer. Like he's their uh, I call him their Birdman. You remember the Birdman that uh, oh, the yeah. Heat had? Yeah. Chris, Chris Anderson was that his name? Yeah, yeah. I had the neck tat. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, hey, did, did you see the Braves where the Braves scored like 20, 29 runs last night? Yeah, I saw on social media somebody ask, uh, "Are they going to have a running clock after the seventh inning stretch?" <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I looked over there, and you know what the bad thing is? The Brewers scored nineteen yesterday, and they'll not get talked about a bit today. Right. Right. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'll tell you, Albies is back, and when you've got Acuna, Albies, uh, you, you know, Freddie Freeman, and and Duvall hit three home runs yesterday too. 
<laughs> well, with a score like 29, I don't know who didn't hit multiple home runs. Yeah, that's that's twice in like what a, a 10-day span that he's hit three in a game. Uh, it's it's a ton. And then Ozuna, I mean, he's a player. He got player of the week in, ma- in the Major League Baseball a couple weeks ago. So I mean, good for the Braves. Good for the Braves. If they can keep the keep the heat up, and and you know we we've said the whole time this sixty game schedule is going to help somebody because you know between you know the the Billy Bean you know Oakland Athletics being able to play good for a certain amount of time or the Minnesota Twins having a hot streak here or there, this is going to help somebody. And maybe it looks like the Braves are getting healthy at the right time, uh, getting Albies back, Acuna doing his thing. And then, like you said, Duvall, Ozuna, all those guys being able to be be contributors uh, versus just uh, just role fillers. Uh, I think that's huge for this this Braves team. And honestly, in their division, um, I don't want to say they can cruise, but right now they just keep doing what they're doing, and they're going to be well on their way uh, to the postseason. Uh, one more quick question. I, I tuned, like I said, I tuned in late. Uh, have you picked the William Blunt Heritage winner for tomorrow or for tonight? I did. I did. I didn't give a score though. I picked. I picked the governors. I just think Clemmer and Gardner and and those guys are just clicking. They're seniors. They want to. They want to do their thing and keep the bell at William Blunt for for the end of their career. And uh, I just think being at William Blunt, uh, I just don't think Heritage is going to have the pieces to get it done. All right, man. Good, good, good talking to you. Who you, you? Who you got? Oh, uh, can't let. Hey, I know where you went to school, but are you picking them? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I'm. I'm going to take the Govs in a close one. Yeah, and I, I think I even said in the pick, I said Heritage. This is you know I've picked this game four years now, so that's how long I've been down here. Uh, I would say uh, this is by far the toughest uh, that I've had to pick because you know what Heritage has uh, something they haven't had the other three years a little bit of momentum they've uh they've got a win under their belt this is an opportunity in game four to get back to 500 that's an opportunity they haven't had uh in the last three years and i think honestly um they're 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 able to win i just think sometime experience uh gets you back there and i think senior leadership for the govs is going to get it done in a rivalry game like this you throw all that you throw all that stuff out the window and you just go out there and 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 you just try to you just try, you just try to play every down like it's your last because it will be the last time these some of these guys play each other, and um, I just hope everybody stays healthy tonight and uh, has, has a good game. Me, me as well. Uh, don't forget, Jason. A preview on the patio uh, from Windy City Grill tonight, seven to eight thirty p.m. right here. All right, good deal. I'll listen to some of it. All right, see you, boss. All right, see you. Man. And again, phone lines are open, 865-983-4310. But let's take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. Come on back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or 
go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. Are you excited about this week's matchup between Maryville and Alcoa? Would you like a little preview to what that could look like? Then check out the preview on the patio at Windy City Grill tonight, 7 to 8.30 p.m. live on WKVL and WGAP, 100.9 FM, and also 105.9 FM as we break it down, look at the 2020 edition of the Battle of Pistol Creek, and talk to coaches, former players, and discuss what this matchup could hold for both teams. Uh, again, tonight, 7 to 8.30 30 p.m. live from Windy City Grill as WGAP and WKVL lock up to talk the Battle of Pistol Creek and preview what is one of the best rivalries in East Tennessee. Again, tonight, 7 to 8.30 p.m., WKVL, WGAP on the call, and it's going to be a preview of one of the best games this week in high school football. You don't want to miss it. Again, Windy City Grill live, 105.9 FM, 100.9 FM, and streaming at WKVL.com. You don't want to miss it. It's that good. This is a public service announcement from your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation and the Knox Area Rescue Ministries. You can double the impact of your donations now. When you donate to Carm Stores, you'll receive an option to designate a partner. Partners will have the option to be part of the Carm Stores Corners of Your Field program. Corners of Your Field is a partnership between local churches and Knox Area Rescue Ministry stores. The stores will return a portion of the value of your donated items to your partner in the form of gift cards. This means that it will allow your church to receive gift cards that they can use at CARM stores to help people that they encounter who are in need. By simply selecting a partner, you'll double your impact by supporting Knox Area Rescue Ministries and enable your designated partner to help others also. If you'd like to find out further details, you can visit CARM stores on the web at carmstores.com. That again is carmstores.com. This has been a public service announcement from your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation and Knox Area Rescue Ministries. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. 
Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online thegrindonsports.com that's thegrindonsports.com got something you're grinding on Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. Again, want to thank Jason Ward for a big call in there before the break. Huge, huge news, really, uh, as we, we kind of span the, the basketball landscape, the baseball. Uh, but now uh, I'd like to jump back to football. 16 days until it's football time in Tennessee. 16 days. 16 is a huge number for Tennessee. So big. Uh, that it's a number that it doesn't get worn anymore. Uh, all-time number 16s, uh, there's there's several that have, have held the number, uh, but only one uh, has had it retired. The star uh, of the 2019, uh, you, you know, the start of the season is approaching 16 days, just slightly over two weeks, uh, but 16 is a huge number and a memorable number for all that have followed or will follow uh, Tennessee football. The number's retired at Tennessee no longer be worn or took out of circulation as Peyton Manning uh, had this this number retired as his time reflected, uh, 1994 to 1997. He holds many school and NFL records and went on to be one of the league's all-time great quarterbacks. At Tennessee, Manning, who remains a face of the program uh, more than two decades after his exit, uh, had a stellar career with only two things missing uh, on his ledger. And, and a lot of people remind him of this often, uh, but I will leave those out of my discussion. But Manning was a two-time Super Bowl champ, a Super Bowl MVP, and a five-time league MVP. Quarterback Dewey Warren uh, was another number 16. Sterling Hinton, uh, someone who's called into this show, wore number 16. And uh, the last cat uh, to wear number 16 before its retirement in 2005 was Rick Clawson. Uh, so that's on Jeopardy if you'll ever want to know it. Walter Woods started the number 16, 1937. Lloyd Broom 
Wharton, 38 and 40. Bob Hicks, 1941. Ben Miller, 44 and 5. Roger Aubrey Coggins, 46 through 49. Uh, Earl Campbell, not that one, uh, 50 through 52. John Vetnick, 1953. Bill Gent, 1958. Frank Canal, 1960. Don Henson, 62 and 3. Dewey Warren, the Swamp Rat, 64 through 67. Jim Maxwell, 69 through 71. Butch Thompson, 72. Rick Ricky Heath, 73 and 4. Gary Braden, 75 and 6. Jeff Boone, 1977. Phil Ingram, 1978. Daryl Wilson, 79 and 80. Steve Alatori, uh, 81. Tommy Sims, 83 through 85. Sterling Hinton, 87 through 9. Victor Brown, 92 and 3. Peyton Manning, 1997 through 97. Rashad Baker, 2001 through 2003. And Rick Clawson, uh, 2004 and 5. Again, retired in 2005, never to be worn again by a Tennessee player. Uh, talk about Peyton Manning's four years in Knoxville. You know, because this is really, and I think it tells my age, and if anybody's wondering, I'm 33 years old. Uh, but I, I think people need to understand, a lot of people goes, he's the best Tennessean ever. And I think maybe by, by virtue of, you know, uh, you know, common law, maybe we can call him a Tennessean. Uh but people need to understand uh, that between Mississippi and Louisiana, uh, that was well more his residence uh, than the state of Tennessee. Uh, he went to, to Newman High School and had an opportunity to really play where he wanted to play. Uh, I think it came down to two schools, though, uh, based on you know a lot of this. Uh, talking about looking back at his history, uh, there was a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of schools that recruited him, uh, but he went to Isidore Newman High School. In New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, led the Greenies, uh, the football team, to a 34-5 and record during his three seasons as a starter. He was the Gatorade Circle of Champions National Player of the Year and the Columbus, Ohio Touchdown Club National Offensive Player of the Year 1993. While at Newman, he began wearing the number 18 in honor of his older brother, Cooper, who was forced to give up football uh, based on spinal stenosis, but uh, younger brother Eli also wore that same number, uh, and then he, they have since retired the number uh, as it hangs in the school gym. Uh, Manning was among the most sought-after quarterbacks in the country in his recruiting class, uh, and he was he had offers from nearly 60 Division I colleges led by Florida, Florida State, LSU, Michigan, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M, and his dad, a guy named Archie, Alma mater, Ole Miss. Ole Miss was the front runner, and really, I think for a bigger part of the the process, it was a nice courting for Tennessee that we could even get Peyton Manning up here. But it was it was foregone conclusion that he was going to Ole Miss. Uh, Eli or Archie went there. Uh, he had a great career, and uh, why why would why would Peyton want to go anywhere else? Well, he came up here in a in a cold. Uh, situation in Knoxville kind of got snowed in, iced in, and uh, the rest is history. He loved Knoxville, fell in love with the campus, and chose to come up, up, uh, up the grid a little bit and go to Knoxville, go to Tennessee. Uh, he chose to play football for the university under Philip Fulmer. Uh, many fans were surprised uh, for whom you know that he didn't go to Ole Miss. Uh, he became Tennessee's all-time leading passer: eleven thousand two hundred one yards, eighty-nine touchdowns and won 39 of his 45 games as a starter, breaking the SEC record for career 
wins for a starter. His freshman season, you know, I think it's like any freshman, you know, you, you kind of the, – the heralded role comes like, oh, yeah, Peyton came in on this white horse, and then the next thing you know, he's the starter. And then the next thing you know – and I think the, the – the 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 information grows and grows, but as a freshman, he was a third string quarterback uh, in the season opener against UCLA. Uh, he was pretty happy just to be wearing a jersey, and uh, he had to come off the bench as Jerry Colquitt uh, had a season season ending injury very early in that matchup, and uh, and, and you know he just he was kind of thrust in there. Uh, you know Manning wasn't really ready to do that. Uh, went in there and kind of handed the ball off three times and was pulled. Uh, two weeks later, um, you know, Manning completed his first collegiate pass. So, I mean, had a, had, had, had a little bit of growing pains. But during the season's fourth game against Mississippi State, uh, Todd Helton got injured, and Manning took over never to look back. The Vols lost that matchup 24-21, to but Manning threw his first touchdown in that game, and he was named the team starter and remained so the remainder of his college career. His first start was the following week against Washington State, the Vols won 10-9. to uh, The Vols won all but one of their remaining games, finishing the season 8-4 and and beat Virginia Tech in the 94 Gator Bowl 45-23. He finished his first collegiate career 89 of 144 for 1,100 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, 6 picks. So, again, thrust into action and delivered uh, there in his freshman season. 1995, uh, they got off to victories against East Carolina and Georgia and then headed to Gainesville to take on the Gators. Uh, Gators threw for 326 yards and two touchdowns and leading the Vols to a 30-21 halftime lead. But the Gators outscored the Vols 41-7 the second half and, and really opened things up, won 62-37. That was the Vols' only loss of the season as they won their remaining eight football games, including a 41-14 victory over rival Alabama. Uh, the Vols also, in their lone meeting with the Buckeyes of Ohio State in history, uh, defeated uh, the Buckeyes 20-14 in the 1995 Citrus Bowl. Uh, the Vols ended the season ranked third, and Manning came in sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting. Again, that 41-14 victory over Alabama in 1995, that's the infamous score on play number one. One of the great calls by John Ward as, as Peyton Manning hits Joey Kent across the middle and the, and the rest is history. The 96 season, which a lot of people thought was going to be the final for Peyton Manning, uh, was going to be his final season as he was going to exit early uh, to go to the NFL. The Vols opened uh, the 96 season ranked number two behind Nebraska and one of the favorites, honestly, to take a, take a run at a national championship. However, after winning the first two games against UNLV and UCLA, the Vols again were upset by Florida 35-29. Manning threw four interceptions, and after winning the next four games, the Vols were upset by Memphis despite Manning throwing for nearly 300 yards. The Vols won the remainder of their games, including a 48-28 win in the Citrus Bowl over Northwestern. The game in which Manning passed for more than 400 yards and four touchdowns, he was the game's MVP. Uh, he had his 243 completions and nearly 64% passing percentage led the SEC that season. Uh, the 96 season, he finished with 3,200 passing yards, nearly 3,300, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, and he finished eighth 
in the Heisman Trophy uh, voting. Manning completed his degree in three years, uh, a Bachelor of Art in Speech Communication, and was projected to be the top overall pick in the NFL draft. But as a lot of people have heard and they replay regularly, uh, he said he's made his decision and doesn't ever expect to look back. He's coming back to Tennessee. A moment that I think a lot of people in Tennessee, you couldn't you couldn't beat the smile off their face. Peyton was coming back. It was an opportunity for him uh, to kind of finish what he started, get Tennessee to a championship level, and, uh, and, and, and like I said, just have fun. He already had his, his degree, and he could kind of work on some, uh, some postgraduate studies, if you will. Uh, but in his senior season, the Vols opened with victories over Texas Tech and UCLA. But for the third time in his career, Manning fell to Florida 33-20. The Vols won the rest of the regular season games, finishing 10-1 and and advanced to the SEC championship game against Auburn. Uh, they were down 20-7 to the second quarter, but Manning led the Vols to a 30-29 to comeback victory, and uh, he threw for 373 yards and four touchdowns. He was named the game's MVP, but injured himself in the process. The number three Vols were matched up with number two Nebraska in the Orange Bowl, and if Tennessee won and top-ranked Michigan lost, um, the Vols would have won the national championship. However, the Vols' defense couldn't stop the big red machine that was Nebraska and gave up a lot of rushing yards in the process, a 42-17 loss to finish uh, that 1997 season. But as a senior, Manning won numerous awards. He was the consensus first-team All-American, the Maxwell Award winner, the Davey O'Brien Award winner, the Johnny Unitas Award winner, and the Best College Player SB Award winner. Uh, he finished as the runner-up to Charles Woodson in the 97 Heisman Trophy, uh, probably still one of the biggest travesties in postseason award history. And then in 2005, Tennessee retired that number 16 uh, and then uh, and to never be worn again. One of the streets leading to Neyland Stadium, it's part of the ball walk, uh, has been renamed Peyton Manning Pass. And then he finished his season, final season, with 3,819 passing yards, 36 touchdowns to just 11 picks. While at UT, Manning excelled academically and was elected to the Omicron Delta Kappa and Phi Beta Kappa Society 97 and awarded the National Football Foundation National Scholar Athlete of the Year Award. So uh, did not um, it did not uh, to go non-classroom for Peyton Manning. He was a stellar uh, student as well. Uh, you look at his all-time career, uh, he had over 11,000 yards at Tennessee, uh, and that comes in a, in a freshman season that just saw 1,100. Uh, so he really had about 10,000 yards in three seasons, uh, not too shabby. But uh, again, went on to a great professional career with the Indianapolis Colts. A neck injury led him to the Denver Broncos, as the Ursays said, not good enough. And uh, he went on to appear in two Super Bowls for the Broncos, win his finale, Super Bowl 50, and retire a, a, a I think he was an 18-year veteran and a, a two-time Super Bowl champ, five-time MVP, and a, uh, a very much in the conversation of greatest of all time. I, I, you know, I always put Peyton on the pedestal and orange-colored glasses, whatever. I don't care. I'll say it like this, and this is the swan song I stick to. Peyton never chased Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is still chasing Peyton Manning. So uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Number 16, as it's 16 days till it's football time in Tennessee. And, again, 
there's a lot of people that wore that number. A lot of good people. Sterling Hinton, Dewey Warren, uh, the Swamp Rat. That that whole dynamic is very fun. Uh, but I, number 16 uh, belongs to the four-headed one of Peyton Manning. It's it's just a uh, it's just it's just the way it is. It must uh it, it's it's not a bad gig. But uh, anyway, we've ran out of time. We're gonna hit the top of the hour. But hey, if you're interested in rivalry games tonight, William Blunt Heritage at William Blunt High School, or check out the preview on the patio, seven to eight thirty, Windy City Grill on WKBL right here and on our sister station WGAP. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes. Grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.